Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Rachel McLean is a psychologist and the founder of McLean International, which is a matchmaking agency. Rachel feels that if you don't have a network, then you don't have a business. Thank you very much for being my guest on the podcast today, Rachel. Very, very nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, you run an award-winning matchmaking agency, but tell me about your background first and, and what your previous roles have been. Well, my background um, started in the world of psychology. Um, I went to university to study psychology and then progressed straight from my undergraduate degree straight into a master's in occupational psychology or business psychology Mm -hmm. um, and progressed my early career in that field. I was uh, very fortunate to get into um, quite a, a, a strong position with my, my very first graduate role um, as a psychologist supporting um, adults with acquired brain injury. Mm. Uh, so I did that for a few years in my early 20s. And then I worked for the Department for Work and Pensions uh, for a while. Uh, that was two or three years as well. Um, and it was really then through a moment of serendipity that I fell into matchmaking. So kind of still progressing my interest in in the world of psychology, mm. but really applying my expertise in a very, very different way um, for a very different uh, type of clientele. Yeah. And so what was it that drew you to psychology in the first place? Because it's not something that we tend to sort of study at school or maybe to, until A-levels, but what what attracted you to that? Yeah. So psychology, I think when I was in my teens, I probably didn't really even know what yeah. psychology meant. Um, what I did know was that I was always really naturally fascinated by people. Um, I was uh, very secure in my own um, well-being. I suppose when, when I was growing up, I had a really solid group of friends. Um, I had hardships that I went through and my my friendship group in particular really became my almost like a second family to mm-hmm. me. Um, and when I was at school, I found myself just observing from afar school bullies um and we didn't have like any huge issue with it in my school mm. but you know there was one or two people and I thought I just don't understand how someone can get such a kick out of yeah. being horrible to other people um so I would observe I was never affected by it myself but I I would observe and I would talk about it and also a lot of my friends would come to me with their problems and all sorts of things that were happening in their lives and um, I am very much not a gossipy person, never have been, don't think I ever will be. So I loved that people knew that they could trust me mm. to come and confide, confide in all sorts of um, with all sorts of different issues. Um, and I think on the back of that, I um, I sort of became known as the agony aunt of my mm-hmm. friendship group. And on the back of that, it was actually my friends who said to me, you really should be going and studying psychology because you are a natural psychologist. And that's really where where that inspiration came from. Yeah. So after you've had your first sort of few roles in psychology, what was it that made you decide to 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 go it alone and to set up your own business? Um, well, that was a very terrifying decision <laughs> that I made. And I have to be honest, at no point in my career did I ever think 
that I would go off and set up on my own. Um, never at all did I think that. Um, I always thought that I would always stay in the world of employment. So I was working as a matchmaker for another agency in London and I just fell fell in love with matchmaking as a as a career path. Um and after I had worked as a as an employed matchmaker for a few years, I think I started to get itchy feet. Um mm. and just that sort of unsettled feeling, didn't quite know where I should go or what I should do or what the next step was, but I just knew that I had something more in me. Um and it was I think I I then kind of had something on my radar where it was like a light switched on and I thought I don't know what is coming next but I know that I want something to change and I I want another level of progression um and maybe it maybe there was some sense of manifestation that was going on then or maybe it was just that I was trying to open up my 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 mind to different opportunities um I I think that what happened was I started talking um, to other people about, you know, that I wasn't you know, sure what I was going to do next. And um, I, I then had a, a really sort of strange experience where over a period of about two or three weeks, there are four different people that I knew and, and trusted um, a lot in my life who, who are all very accomplished business people. Um, none of whom know each other, but they all on different um, instances within a short period of time sat me down and said, you should be setting up your own agency. Why Why are you not doing this on your own? Because you are, um, you, you know what to do and you've got the confidence and the experience behind you. And every uh, in each of those conversations, I laughed it off and thought, don't be silly. I'm not, that's not who I am. I'm not that person. Um. And but I think it started to just play in my mind a little bit. And then I thought I always sort of look to the future and think about different scenarios. And I thought, gosh, well, I'm in my I think I was in my early 30s at the time. And I thought, where am I going to be in five years time and 10 years time? Um, and I thought, you know what, this is this is actually the one opportunity um, that I will probably have to really just bite the bullet and try and see. And maybe that that is the change that I need um because I was young free and single and I had no one to answer to and I thought you know if it all goes belly up I can you know I can go and get a job somewhere Mm -hmm. I know I'm employable so you know what is really the risk and I don't want to look back with regret so um I woke up one morning and I had completely changed my tune from 24 hours before of saying absolutely not a chance to oh my goodness, I'm actually going to do this. So I handed my notice in and, and off I went um, and just thought, I'm, I'll, I'll give it six months, see what happens. If it doesn't work out, at least I've tried. And um, and that that was kind of how I decided to get started. And how, um, how, how quickly did it get to the point where you thought, yes, this is going to fly. This is what I'm going to keep doing now. Uh, very quickly, actually. So on the the very first day, it's quite funny actually thinking back to the beginning. Um, the very first day I was officially sort of self-employed. I was literally googling how do you set up a business. I had no <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea how accounting systems worked. I had no idea how to send invoices. There were so many things I was just completely clueless about. 
um but i knew how to match make um so one um one thing that i i i did really was just take it all a day at a time mm. and do my research and do my learning and um and then before before I knew it, it was probably really within the first few weeks and I was out networking a lot a lot I mean my whole life for that first three years was pretty much back-to-back networking um and I realized that I was getting up every morning and all I wanted to do was sit at my computer um mm. to the point that I would get up out of bed make myself a cup of coffee and some breakfast and I would sit at my computer in my pajamas and then my um my boyfriend at the time would go out to work and he would come home at seven o'clock and I would still be sat in my pajamas <laughs> and I I had barely moved and he was like you look like you're sat there with some sort of rigor mortis you just <laughs> have you even eaten anything today and I was like no I'm just like reading all this information this is so interesting I think it it um it gave me it gave me a sense of energy and it gave me a sense of being more alive than I'd ever felt before so just that feeling and that excitement um made me realize that this is this is absolutely mm. what I'm going to do now for the rest of my career that yeah. it's totally the right decision fantastic so tell me about the service that you offer now how how does it work and what what kind of demographic are, you, are your clients um so our demographic are honestly the most amazing amazing people that I have ever had the pleasure of coming into contact with um in my life I grew up in Belfast in a sort of sort of pretty middle of the road middle class um family uh background you know nice you know all the usual stuff went to grammar school um in this international world that my clients enjoy and live was not part of my upbringing at all Mm. um and you staying in five-star hotels and flying private jet all these things that you know to me that just all sounded like a fairy tale and that's kind of what drew me to it because Mm. I thought I've I've got by being a matchmaker I've got the opportunity to actually live in a fairy tale um (laughs) so then uh I when I set my business up I thought well I want to be surrounded by people who inspire me um so I thought I'm going to aim for the top of the top of the Mm. top now that's not to say a lot of my clients are very 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 successful um and some of them are inspiring in in different ways you know it's not this is not necessarily about money um Mm -hmm. being a a sort of sign of success some people are just very well educated and or they um have made just amazing uh progressions and achievements in their own lives and in lots of different ways um the privilege I have is that I get to sit down with well in the early days I sat down with everybody myself and um now I I, my my team do a lot of the actual matchmaking but we I or we as a team get to sit down and hear their individual stories um which is just it's just incredible Mm. it's really incredible um and to add on to that then having that influence of we're going to help you find love Mm. um and we're going to help guide you in terms of how to identify who's compatible with you um we're going to guide you in, in terms of making sure that you you don't allow yourself to fall for the wrong type of person so we're there very much as consultants um psychologists and in many instances and are are really guiding our clients towards 
a successful relationship. So we're in some ways the service that we offer is really like the cherry cherry on mm. the cake, um, um, in terms of their their lives, which are already incredibly um full and yeah. successful. Yeah. So how much how much information do you need to collect from people to really be able to make a, a, a good match for them? Huge amounts of information. So we we guide our clients through five key um key stages of a sort of a full consultative process really. Um so we start by getting to know the client as an individual before we start delving into who do you want to meet. Mm. Um, so we we gather a lot of information. We do a lot of value assessment um, with our client um, so we can help to understand what it is that that is important to them, what's inspired them in their lives, why they've made certain decisions, how important uh, friendship is to them, what that means, how important is health and well-being, what does religion mean in their life um, and, uh, you know, var various other topics. So we basically we split their lives into nine key segments. Um, so career being one, lifestyle being another, well, -be uh, health being another, uh, for example. Um, and we we ask a lot of questions around each of those segments um, to try and pull to the surface their values, their attitudes and their beliefs. Um, and we do all of that that's quite involved and, and very detailed before we even move it on to the, the next uh, stage in the consultative process, which is um, using that initial information about them to start to build a much more accurate representation of the type of partner that they should be looking for. Um, so we do a lot of uh, reading and research into the psychology of compatibility um, so that we can help to guide our clients to make sure that, you know, finding a partner is not some sort of shopping expedition mm -hmm. where you can just sort of chop and change what you, what, you know, what takes your fancy this week. Um, it really should be something which is driven much more from within. Um, so we're constantly consulting with our clients to try and help guide them in terms of the type of person uh the third stage in our consultative process is about not just the person that they're looking for but the actual relationship dynamics um so what sort of roles would they want to uh, would they want to play in in their um relationship um and the uh what are their love languages and you know what sort of communication styles do they have and um how do we factor in um if there are uh maybe children already involved mm -hmm. from previous relationships and and where they're going to live and you know, there's just lots of lots of things to consider about the short term how do we <clears throat> make the dating experience work in the short term but also let's think to five and ten years in the mm -hmm. future um what would that look like um, just to make sure that people are uh, progressing their dating lives with complete clarity. Um, and then when we uh, once we've done all of that, then we're looking at um, the the actual matches. So, again, that's a very consultative process where we are uh, selecting matches that we think on paper appear to be compatible. We're discussing those profiles with our client, explaining where the compatibility is, in our view, and getting their feedback. Um, we're gathering feedback and, you know, having a full discussion back and forth um, throughout the six or 12 months that we're working with each client. So with every interaction that they have through us, they're continuously learning about themselves and progressing 
incrementally closer towards finding someone um, successfully. So all of that is done with the the overall aim of uh, our clients being able to really date with meaning and purpose rather than mm-hmm. approaching it as some kind of numbers game, which is what yeah. most people do. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure that the question that everyone has is, how successful are you at, at matching people? And have you been to well, any weddings? <laughs> I would like to say I'm pretty successful um, myself and as a team. So we have had some incredible, incredible successes uh, with our clients. We have a, um, we, we, we obviously are, are very much kept within a, a vault of privacy and confidentiality with our clients but as a team we share successes all the time so probably every day or every few days we're updating um, each other as a team on whether there's an engagement that has happened or there's baby news mm-hmm. uh, or someone's just had a wedding um, and our clients a lot of them will keep in contact with us and they'll they'll send us updates on you know here's some photographs and um of uh you know our our wedding or engagement um uh, which is is just so so nice to see um and i think for me it's it's particularly rewarding when we see two people getting together and having a really happy relationship who maybe live in or originally lived in different parts of the world um and we've been able to sort of pluck these individuals um, out of the you know the the global singles world of multi millions of single people and being able to identify those those two individuals as being compatible and then seeing it blossom from there. Yeah, it must be a really rewarding job. It's oh, lots of very heartwarming moments. Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's lovely. And do you deal with um, people of all different genders and sexualities, or is it just heterosexual couples that you put together? Yeah, no, all all genders, all sexualities, we're fully inclusive. Um, having said that, we are a small team, so we know that there is a limit to what we, uh, a limit to the resource that we have as a team. But part of our, our longer term uh, vision for the business is to continuously learn um, about different cultures, different religions, um, you know, any, any, uh, any human being really on the planet who wants to use our service we want to be able to welcome a conversation with them and really embrace their individuality um of course part of the service that we deliver is being able to source the matches for them mm-hmm. so that that's where we would say well look if we can source the matches great let's you know let's get going if we can't source the matches because our team isn't big enough to be able to do that then we look at um alternative options but you know that that you know for me that very much inspires the um the future growth of Mm -hmm. the business and sort of expanding into new areas yeah now you mentioned networking already so let's have a chat about that now so how much networking were you doing then back in the in the early days oh my goodness honestly I would say the first five years of the business, we, I think it was five years, we did no advertising. Um, so every client that we brought in, um, in those first few years was due to some form of networking. Um, for the first two or three years, our team was, well, the first few months, it was only me. So it was just, you know, me, myself and I doing mm-hmm. absolutely everything on my own. Um, after a year, I had, there was a team of three of us. Um, so we would 
zip around London, um, like little Duracell bunnies and going to all <laughs> sorts of different networking events. Um, and uh, so the in-person networking, networking on LinkedIn, um, networking on, on some of the sort of more upmarket social groups. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a small world, um, which is quite popular in London and um, the uh is it internations I think there'd be various various different networking groups um that uh, appeal to different demographics so we would go along to all sorts of different events um drinks parties at private members clubs and art galleries where you're sort of schmoozing with high profile individuals that's always good fun um and you you get to experience really cool venues in London as well mm-hmm. that normally you wouldn't get access to so that was always quite interesting um but yeah for I would it for my first year I set myself a target of not actually bringing in any revenue I hadn't I was too terrified to even think about where I was going to get the <laughs> revenue from I just thought I don't have a business if I don't have a network um and I had to start my business completely from scratch so on my first day of um setting up the business in between googling how do you run a business I uh wrote a list of uh 20 names of people that I knew personally who were single um and I called each of them or emailed them and asked if I could go and meet them for coffee and basically explained I've just set up my business I know you're single and um I would like to profile you and put you in my database and you will be one of what I hope will become 500 single people by the end of the year. So that was my goal. Find 500 single people. Don't worry about any money. Um, I'm happy to live off beans and toast while I get this <laughs> get this set up. Um, so I, um, I did that and I thought I need to go to probably three networking events a week. And I realized that there was actually a real, a very strong pattern that started to unfold. Mm. So by going to three networking events a week, that would, I would gather enough business cards. And by the way, I'm very shy socially. So I was totally putting myself outside my comfort zone, but I knew it was either do or die. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would, I would go to these events and and come away with so many business cards. And then the next day I would be sat on my computer, probably in my pajamas again. And Um, sending lots of emails um, to people to follow up and I um, by doing that I realized that every month I was profiling about 50 people um, and getting them added into my database and I thought okay well this is I'm kind of building a rhythm here I'm going to hit my target of 500 people which you know was just a target I'd just plucked out of thin air and um, on the back of that I also then realized which was a very um uh, a nice outcome, which I hadn't anticipated, is that every time I spoke to roughly 50 people, so roughly once a month, someone out of that group would say, well, I don't just want to be sat in your database waiting for one day for you to maybe call me or maybe not call me. I'm actually really serious about finding a partner. So if I become a client, what would that look like? Hmm. Um so I would go through them. Oh, OK, well, you know, I've, I've only just set up, but blah, blah, blah. And um, and then I realized that on average, once a month, I was actually signing a client up by doing that as well. Um, so within my first year of business, I was already turning over six figures 
just from wow. going to three networking events a week and um so I was able to progress from beans and toast to proper meals again <laughs> which was nice <laughs> well if, if that's not a good advert for networking I don't know what is <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean so, it really it genuinely that was that if if I hadn't done that I wouldn't have the business I have today I didn't yeah it was the only I hadn't I had no funding to set up it was totally totally all done on a shoestring yeah yeah and so at those early networking meetings that you went to what kind of reaction did you get from people because you're a pretty niche uh business <laughs> <laughs> well back in those days which was in uh, 2011 um most people reacted by laughing um <laughs> or coming out with all sorts of comments about you know what what they thought about oh dating agencies what's that sort of some sort of escorting I'm like no, no it's really not um and uh, so I had to really really over explain what it was that I did for a living um and so so that was that was quite challenging. Um, but I also found it quite amusing that I would have a lot of bravado, especially from men. If mm. I was speaking to them at a networking event, they'd be like, oh, 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 what's all this? I don't need a matchmaker. Um, and, you know, they would sort of be teasing me and all sorts of things. And then, you know, I would take it on the chin. And then move on and I'd work the room and be moving on to the next person. And it was unbelievable how many times I would then have a little tap on my shoulder and I would turn <laughs> around and it would be the same guy sort of discreetly. Here's my business card. Can you please give me a call tomorrow? I actually, I'm quite interested in this. Um, so, yeah, that was always, always made me chuckle. Um, fast forward to today or you know, actually, you know, even in, in 2012, that's when um, Tinder was launched mm. and all of a sudden some form of dating service became you know very that very much put dating on the map in terms mm. of the the sort of commercial style of dating that we know today um so but now people are um everyone is using some sort of dating app so mm. the the reaction now is cool you're a matchmaker that's interesting. Oh, and you've got you're a chartered psychologist as well. Well, yeah, brilliant. That you know, I'd, can you give me some advice on this? Or you know, how does the service? And they, whenever I meet someone who's single, they're immediately interested and fascinated and impressed. Um, but believe me, it was not like that in the early days. So it's, <laughs> it's taken quite a few years <laughs> for me to and, get to the stage. And, yeah. and what does networking look like for your your business now? Networking. Um, so I don't do as much anymore because I'm busy running my team. Um, but we still do a lot of networking uh, as a as a business. So going to whether it is going to networking events, um, we I think we're, we're probably sort of networking on a in a slightly different way through. Uh, we do deliver um, quite a few talks at private members clubs. Um, so that is allowing us to kind of market ourselves and then there will be a networking component afterwards where people can network with each other in the room but we're also networking with the audience and um gathering their contact details and you know and by delivering a talk that allows us to really draw in a, a captive audience of people that we're assuming are single um um so that's quite interesting we we do a lot of networking on linkedin um on instagram so social media platforms have become 
now you know the the big form of networking mm-hmm. and um you know particularly on the back of the pandemic when that was the only form of networking yeah. for a while rather than in person um but in addition to that our our network now of um of sort of active single people that we have profiled all individually sits at about 22,000 wow. um right now that we have um built up over the the last 12 years or so um so that also gives us an opportunity to mm. network within our mm. existing network so we're continuously asking for referrals yeah. um or uh we have our members and, and clients asking us if they can if they if they can make referrals and mm. because they have single people that w- are within their um their own professional or personal networks um that would also like to use the service so um i think your networking takes so lots of different guises and we explore absolutely every single one of them yeah well that's been absolutely fascinating finding out about uh, about about your business just one last question uh rachel if people want to find you what is the best place for them to to do that um you can find us on our through our website which is macklininternational.com macklin is m a c l y n um we're on linkedin we're on instagram um I have a, a, an amazing team of matchmakers who are all very approachable and very friendly. Um, so uh, in addition to the actual formal matchmaking that we deliver, we also deliver date coaching and sort of dating consultancy sessions for you know as little as one hour, uh, right up to packages that last for six to 12 months. Um, so yeah, for anyone, anyone who is serious about finding a a compatible partner for a long-term committed relationship there's you know there's almost certainly something that we can do to help fantastic well thank you very much for being my guest today and the best of luck with your ongoing matchmaking thank you so much for having me thanks for listening to small business big network if you found this podcast useful please do rate review and subscribe and don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too